Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 24 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is Romans Part 1, State of Man. In today's episode, I'm beginning a six-part series for the podcast under an overall umbrella title, Studies in Romans, Saved by Grace, Powered by Love. Today, we'll begin with a quick introduction to both the series and the book of Romans itself, and then explore Paul's message to the Roman believers in the first three chapters. So, first off, here are the titles of each episode of the series as we move through the books in the next few weeks. Episode 1 is today, The State of Man. Episode 2, Righteousness by Faith. Episode 3, Love Can Build a Bridge. Episode 4, Living for Jesus. Episode 5, Living Sacrifices. Episode 6, The Kingdom of God. I hope you will be able to tune in to listen or read each of these episodes in the coming weeks. If you miss one, of course, you can always go back and listen to it at your convenience. Or you may want to review a point I share later just to get a better understanding of Paul's teaching. At any rate, I do hope and pray that the thoughts I present in this series will inspire you to make your own deep dive into Paul's teachings in Romans. This letter to the Christian believers in Rome carries the core of New Testament theology more completely than any other single book. It is Paul's greatest theological legacy for the church throughout all the subsequent eras and ages, and it is absolutely vital for our spiritual journey today. So as we begin, please pause with me for a moment as we ask God's blessing on our study today and throughout the course of this series. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for the messages of love and grace you send to us in the pages of the Bible, the written word of God. And thank you for the ministry of Paul the Apostle, who wrote this letter to the believers in Rome. Please guide our minds and teach us the things you want us to know as we work our way through this little series of studies in Romans, which I've titled, Saved by Grace, Powered by Love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Paul's epistle to the Romans was probably written around A.D. 56-57, but no later than A.D. 59, the earliest extant, that is, still existing, manuscripts of Romans comes from about A.D. 200. The church historians and biblical manuscript scholars all agree that there's ample evidence supporting the authenticity of the text as we know it. Paul wrote his letter to the Romans to introduce himself to the church there. 
He intended to stop there en route to Spain to get acquainted with the local believers and perhaps to raise funds for continuing his journey. The Roman church was a mixture of Christian Jews and Roman believers. Paul had got wind of a major controversy brewing among them, and he needed to present the truths of the true gospel of Jesus. The big issue was, how can anyone be right with God on the final day of judgment? In addressing this question, Paul's one overriding purpose was to exalt Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah, the Savior for all mankind, whether Jew or Gentile. So with all that, let's begin. After a brief introduction of himself as the writer of the letter, Paul addresses the letter to his intended recipients. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1 verses 7 and 8. Before moving away from this first introductory verse, let's ask a question. Who are the believers, quote, in Rome, end quote? Of course, I've already spoken of the Jewish Christians, probably individuals who had traveled from Rome to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, and while they were there, they witnessed the testimony of Jesus' disciples as they proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus, empowered by the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you can read about this experience itself in Acts 2, so don't miss going there and opening your Bible to Acts 2 and read about the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost following the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. But in Rome, there were also Gentile believers. There were Romans or Greeks who had received the report of the people returning from Jerusalem with the incredible story of Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah, the Savior for the entire world. These Gentiles had believed the report and were part of the Roman church. But beyond that, in a certain sense of the word, we are all, quote, in Rome, end quote, meaning that we are all sinners. We are all in the world. However, in Paul's opening greeting, he says that grace and peace are extended to all from God the Father and from Jesus. Grace and peace are sent to everyone because everyone is loved by God and all are called to be God's saints. Oh, by the way, a saint in Scripture is simply one who believes in God and has accepted his promise of eternal life in the righteousness of Christ. A few verses later in chapter 1, after this introduction and this addressing, before outlining the sinful nature of all humanity, Paul presents the promise of the gospel. He gives the good news first on where he's going and what his bottom line is, and then he later, and we'll see in a few minutes, talks about the state of man and the condition that sinful men are in. But his promise of the gospel is found in Romans 1 verse 17, the just shall live by faith. And friend, if you don't take anything else away from this podcast or this blog post today, I hope and pray that you will take that verse 
and make it part of your heart, part of your understanding, part of your faith. The just shall live by faith, Romans 1.17. Somehow that should be easy to memorize and easy to remember that the just shall live by faith, and that is the key message of this book. But let's go on. It's a good thing that Paul lays the foundation of good news before he continues. In the next few passages, he pulls no punches in describing the sinful state of all humanity. Then quoting here, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, breed, and depravity. I'm quoting Paul. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossipers, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Romans 1, verses 29 to 32, and this is from the New International Version. Paul continues his description of the sinful state of all humanity all the way deep into chapter 3, showing that Jews and Gentiles are all in the same basket. All are sinners in rebellion against God and His law. He categorically says in Romans 3.10, There is no one righteous, not even one. And again, Romans 3.23, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, far too often preachers read these texts and stop short of what follows. It seems we need to emphasize the sinful depravity of human beings so people will know how bad they really are. Maybe that will motivate people to get their act together and live a more respectable life among their fellow humans. I think not likely. Here's what the preachers miss. Verse 24 is a continuation of verse 23 and contains the most wonderful promise of God. And here it is, the core truth of God's gospel of grace. Verse 23, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, comma, verse 24, And are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, end quote. Dear friend, that is what we must keep remembering and sharing about the state of man and the infinite love of God that pours His grace into our lives. The same individuals who are identified as reprobate sinners, all, quote-unquote, in verse 23, are the exact same people who are declared Quote, justified freely by God's grace, end quote, through, quote, the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, end quote, in verse 24. Well, for those of you with a linguistic bent, the word all is the antecedent for both the identities that follow. All have sinned. All are justified freely by his grace. Amen. That does not mean or imply that everyone will be saved. It simply means that in God's eyes, everyone is already forgiven, justified, and qualified for heaven. However, 
Although God wants to save every individual of Adam's race, he knows that it hinges on the free will choice he gave and guaranteed to each of us. We are not compelled to accept his free gift of forgiveness and justification. He doesn't force us in any way. We can still choose the way of life or the way of darkness. It's up to each person to make that choice for himself or herself. Here are four spiritual steps that you may take to receive God's promised gift of life for yourself. First, number one, understand that God loves you. Jesus told a man named Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three sixteen and 17. So yes, friend, God loves you. Step number two, to realize that you are, yes, you are, a sinner. We read earlier from Romans 3.10 and 3.23 that everyone is counted as a sinner. We've all fallen short of God's ideal for us by our own choice, and thus, as sinners, we all deserve to be separated from God, who is the source of life itself, and thus experience eternal death. Step number three, however, all is not lost. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, gave his life as a redemption for us while we were still sinners. Open your Bible and go read Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And recognizing this ultimate gift of Jesus who exchanged his life for our death opens the way for us to enter into life. And step number four, we enter eternal life by accepting and receiving God's gift for ourselves personally. This is simply the opening of our heart to God's Spirit, letting go of our natural spirit of rebellion and self-centered desires and practices, and allowing God's Spirit to take up residence in our spiritual heart. This was my experience as I gave my heart to Jesus that night Many of you heard me, have heard me speak about it already numerous times. One night, under the stars, on a dusty road on my father's farm, I stood there and looked up in the stars and asked Jesus to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. So, my friend, if you've not already done so, I'm inviting you today, right now, to take that final step to accept Jesus as your personal Savior and let him be Lord of your life. I can tell you from my personal experience, taking this step was the beginning of a lifelong journey of fulfillment and growth in grace. And from that moment until this very day, I have known a deep peace that passes frustration, sadness, loss, grief, disappointment, and anger. And I can say with full assurance God will always be with you to encourage, guide, provide, and lead. Are you ready to enter into life today? If so, please bow your head with me right now, just where you are, and repeat this simple prayer. Dear Father in heaven, 
I confess that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. I accept your free gift of eternal life by accepting Jesus as my personal Savior. And just now, I open my spiritual heart to your Holy Spirit and invite Him to live in me, to lead me in the way of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray that you have been blessed. I hope you can join me for next week's episode. I'll share part two of this special six-part series in the book of Romans. And next week's title again is Romans Part Two, Righteousness by Faith. Be sure to tune in and invite someone else to listen with you. I'll explore those next few chapters in Paul's epistle where he details the basis and the experience of living by faith in our present world. I'm excited to share this incredible truth of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, once again, just as I do at the end of each one, I invite you to please share the links with your friends, your family, or whomever, and truly, my many thanks in advance. And may God bless you this week. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.